Well, aloha, Pastor Kimo here, filling in for Pastor John again. You know, it's so good to be with you today. Today's message is titled, Dealing with Deception. Dealing with Deception. You know, I don't know about you, but I think we're really hungry for information. We are an information society. Some people call it edutainment. We want to be educated about things. We want to become knowledgeable. And it gets to the point where it becomes entertainment for us. So they call it edutainment. We have a voracious appetite to know stuff or think we know stuff. We take so much at face value without oftentimes questioning the validity. Uh, or if it's on the internet, it must be true, yeah? What about social media? We oftentimes take that at face value. I hope not, but we're supposed to be growing in this area and de developing a real strong discernment over those things that are deceptive and over those things that are truthful. What's, uh, let, me, let me pose this question. What's the first thing most of us adults do in the morning uh, when we get our coffee or our favorite morning beverage? The first thing I do is turn on the news, right? There's something so satisfying about that combination of coffee and the news. Even if I don't agree with the news, just seeing uh, my favorite news people on television, it's like having coffee with them in the mornings. But have you been watching the news lately? It's, it's really disturbing, it's really disturbing. There are all these conspiracy theories out there. It's, it's amazing how these things pop up. Right now, as you know, we are, uh, there is a, a January 6th uh, congressional hearing right now uh, all about the, the insurrection in Washington and as if, if uh, President Trump actually instigated that or how much he was involved with that recently. Uh, just last week, the Department of Justice and the FBI raided uh, President Trump's home in Florida, in Mar-a-Lago, and they confiscated a bunch of what they're saying classified documents. We're not really sure yet. We're still trying to figure that one out. And there's a constant battle right now between those people on the left and those people on the right. And so depending where you're at, left or right, or somewhere in that continuum, this is not a judgment uh, uh, sermon, but this is a, a sermon that really I want to hopefully uh, minister to your sense of uh, desire to know the truth. We live in a world where, where deception is all around us. You know, the dictionary, dictionary uh, uh, says to deceive is to mislead by false appearance or statement. To deceive is to mislead by false appearance or statement. Sounds kind of like the environment we live in right now. It's a very difficult time. And deception can come in many different forms. The news media, here's some statistics from Statista, which is one of our national um, statistical analysis organizations. They said in terms of the news media, in 2020, only 29% of US adults said they mostly trust news media. Only 29% say they mostly trust news media. That, you know what that means then, right, yeah? We know that 71% don't trust news media. Social media, with regard to that. Uh, the statistics say 67% of US adults say they've come across false information on social media. Fake news statistics show social media is the least trusted news source worldwide. And I'm sure some of you have experienced that personally as you have uh, spent time on social media and saw things that could not be true. Here's a little difficult one. What about friends and family? 
the, the statistics say that 10% of U.S. adults have knowingly shared fake news. Knowingly shared fake news. For whatever reason, they did that. I know it's none of us here, none of us listening to this broadcast, but, uh, but 10% of U.S. adults have knowingly shared fake news. So we see all the deception coming in all of these forms and there's others as well, but just to give you an idea of, um, of what's out there. So in the midst of this, how often do we stop and question what is true and what is some form of deception? What is true and what is some form of deception? The scriptures I'm reading from uh, today are found in Joshua chapter 9. And in this, uh, in this chapter, the Israelites are deceived into allowing the Gibeonites, who were a Canaanite clan, to live and eventually uh, protected them from attacks by the neighboring Canaanite tribes. And you know, prior to this, let me go back a couple of chapters. So we're going to be reading from Joshua chapter 9. You can be getting your Bibles ready. Um, but in chapter 8, you remember the story about the Israelites and they circled Jericho and they walked around it seven days. They blew the trumpets. The walls of Jericho came tumbling down because this was what God had told them to do. The walls came down. They were able to destroy uh, all of Jericho. And then in chapter 8, they ambushed the warriors from the city of Ai. And uh, they were able to destroy all of the, um, the people in that uh, in that community as well. So, if you have your Bibles with you, let's read from Joshua chapter 9, verses 3 through 16. Now, I'm going to be reading out of my favorite uh, version, which is the New Living Translation. And I know we have all kinds of Bibles out there. That's okay. You can read from yours as well. But this is uh, where I'm going to be reading from, the New Living Translation, Joshua chapter 9, verses 3 through 16. But when the people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they resorted to deception to save themselves. They sent ambassadors to Joshua, loading their donkeys with weathered saddlebags and old patched wineskins. They put on worn out patched sandals and ragged clothes, and the bread they took with them was dry and moldy. When they arrived at the camp of Israel at Gilgal, they told Joshua and the men of Israel, we have come from a distant land to ask you to make a peace treaty with us. The Israelites replied to these Hivites, How do we know you don't live nearby? For if you do, we cannot make a treaty with you. They replied, We are your servants. But who are you? Joshua demanded. Where do you come from? They answered, Your servants have come from a very distant country. We have heard of the might of the Lord your God and of all he did in Egypt. We have also heard what he did to the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, King Shehan of Heshbon and King Og of Bashan, who lived in Ashtaroth. So our elders and all our people instructed us, take supplies for a long journey. Go and meet with the people of Israel and tell them, we are your servants, please make a treaty with us. This bread that we have was hot from the ovens when we left our homes. But now, as you can see, it is dry and moldy. These wineskins were new when we filled them, but now they are old and split open. And our clothing and our sandals are worn out from our very long journey. So the Israelites examined their food, but they did not consult the Lord. They examined their food, but did not consult the Lord. Verse 15, Then Joshua made a peace treaty with them and guaranteed their safety. 
and the leaders of the community ratified their agreement with a binding oath. Three days later, verse 16, three days later, after making the treaty, they learned that these people actually lived nearby. What a revelation. That must have been so terrible for them to discover that because they knew what God's word was to them. They had heard it before. God said to destroy all these people in the land of Canaan and uh, it will go well with you. But if you don't, there you're going to have consequences. So clearly the Gibeonites were afraid for their lives. They were afraid for their lives. They had heard what Israel had done to uh to Jericho, to the people of Jericho and of Ai. And so they took it upon themselves to create a ruse, a deception to try and get the Israelites to accept them and to protect them. You know, deceivers are typically driven by greed or fear. Greed for money, power, or status. And fear for their personal safety, for a loss of power, a loss of money, or a loss of status. So it's greed and fear that tend to drive deceivers to deceive or to uh, lie about certain things. Uh, deceivers will try to convince you by using a correlation and stating it as a cause and effect. So let me talk about this a little bit. Many of you are real familiar with this, this concept. Correlation is a mutual relationship or connection between two or more things. It doesn't necessarily mean one is a cause and the other is an effect of that cause. So you have to be very careful when you're listening to news or you're uh, reading something in social media because oftentimes people are saying this correlation here is really a cause and effect. This thing happened because of this other thing over here. Here's a good example. If a study reveals a positive correlation between happiness and being childless, it doesn't mean that children cause unhappiness. Now, of course, maybe that's true for some of you. I don't know. It wasn't true for me. My, my children, well, they, they did give me a hard time every now and then. But for the most part, I'm, I'm joyful that I have my children and my grandchildren. So, uh, so this is basically saying, this study said that there is happiness uh, is, the, uh, is the cause of being childless childless. But that's not true. There's just a correlation there. For whatever reason, there is a correlation. But we can't say that happiness causes being childless or that, uh, uh, that children cause unhappiness. Either way, you cannot go that way. So in John, uh, Joshua chapter 9, verse 12 and 13, remember this, the scripture, it says, this bread was hot from the ovens when we left our home. But now, as you can see, it is dry and moldy. These wineskins were new when we filled them. But now they are old and split open, and our clothing and sandals are worn out from this very long journey. See, they were trying to point to a cause and effect relationship to justify their lives, when in fact that, uh, uh, that cause and effect did not happen. You know, politicians and the news media are really good at trying to manipulate us into believing that correlation is cause and effect. Just because two things happen doesn't mean that one causes the other. Uh, here's a here is a headline from the Miami Herald, uh, and it ran like this. Study shows higher rates of violent acts among teens who drink lots of pop, or what we would call soda, yeah? Study shows higher rates of violent acts among teens who drink lots of pop or soda. Now, you and I both 
I mean, rationally would say, well, that doesn't make any sense, but let me read it because it draws me into something. Of course, it goes on to explain some of the other issues, but they don't, they don't put that in the title, the heading. Here's another heading from a, a news article. Margarine consumption linked to divorce. So the more, margarine, uh, the more margarine you eat, this is what it's implying, the more margarine that you eat is going to cause you to have a, a greater uh, potential for divorce. Now, at the outset, that just sounds crazy, but they throw these headlines out there to generate interest, to maybe even uh, appeal to the desire to, to want to know something that other people don't know, or maybe even the desire to, uh, uh, to justify, justify the fear that we have in us for different things. Here's another one. Milk leads to heroin. If that were true, all of us, most of us probably were raised on uh, milk or some form of milk or milk formula. That means that we would all be heroin addicts at this point if that was true, if that was a cause and effect relationship, but it's not. So a couple things that I wanted to share with you just to be careful of uh, as you look at statistical information out there that you develop discernment, yeah? Be critical of statistics that you see. Be critical of them. Don't just take them at face value. Look for a causal link or mechanism. Look for something that may have caused that. And in the examples up here, it's clear that there is not a cause and effect relationship there, but there is some form of correlation. They study those things happening at the same time. And then finally, demand a little bit of scientific rigor uh, in showing that there's a strong statistical significant correlation that there's a strong, significant correlation, that there's something there that really tells me more than just these two things happening at the same time, that there is perhaps a cause and effect relationship. You see, there's always conflict happening in the spiritual realm uh, that many of us are not really familiar with. The Bible says that we fight against evil forces or rulers, against unseen principalities of this world system. Now remember, God gave Satan jurisdiction over the world and over the air around us and the heavens around us. So he gave Satan that uh, authority in this particular realm that we live in. Uh, Ephesians 6.12 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this uh, dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So just because we cannot see them doesn't mean that they are not real. So there is a battle uh, going on around us, all around us. And if we could see these things, it would probably be scary. Uh, at the same time, there is some truth in, in, uh, in every form of deception. Remember the temptation of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, uh, verses 6 through 7 says, uh, and this is Satan speaking to, uh, to Jesus. Uh, Jesus had been fasting for 40 days, so he was, he was tired, he was weak, physically weak. Uh, and Satan says to, to Jesus, if you are the Son of God, jump off. Now remember, he is up on the, uh, the steeple of the church, right? If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, he will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And of course, in verse 7, Jesus responds, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. 
You see, it's so important to know the full scripture because in this uh, particular statement that Satan says to Jesus, he does, uh, he does speak some scripture, but he doesn't give the full picture. He omits that second piece of it, that you must not test the Lord your God. Uh, detection can occur when vital facts are omitted. You just saw this in this example. Uh, they create misleading issues. And again, the news media is, they're famous for this. This is done to generate viewers by creating fear in us. We tend to be drawn to those things that, that uh, can cause fear. Here's a couple of headlines from uh, two of our larger news networks, ABC News. Here's the headline. Over 100 fully vaccinated people contracted COVID-19 in Washington state, officials say. This is taken from a survey of 1.2 million where only one in 12,000 fully vaccinated people contracted COVID-19. The article does go on to say that only mild symptoms were experienced. But they omit this from the heading because they're trying to draw us in with this deceiving statement as if we need to be concerned about this. We need to be careful. Now, I know COVID-19 was, was a horrible thing to go through, but basically they're saying here that these are fully vaccinated people and over a hundred of them contracted COVID-19. And right away, your mind just goes crazy because you start to uh, uh, think that, oh, these people must have died. It must have been a horrible experience. But the article goes on to say that only mild symptoms were experienced and they omitted this from the heading. Here's one from CNN. Odds of dying from accidental opioid overdose in the U.S. surpass those of dying in car accident. You see, journalists still feel the need to compare opioid overdose deaths to those from automobile accidents, as if the two have anything to do with each other. Uh, note that deaths from prescription uh, opioids have remained constant. So prescription opioids uh, deaths have remained constant, while those from fentanyl and heroin the real killers have skyrocketed, and that skews uh, our data out there. But they omit this from the heading. They say odds of dying from accidental opioid overdose in the U.S. surpass those of dying in a car accident. But what they're really talking about is um, the abuse of uh, fentanyl and heroin by uh, addicts. But they omit this from the heading, again, to draw us in to appeal to the fear factor in us. And oftentimes deceivers, they'll try to blame on others, uh, put the blame on others for their actions, right? Uh, Joshua uh, chapter 9, verse 11. And uh, they, say to jo uh, they say to the Gibeonites, say to Joshua and the, and the Israelites, so our elders and all our people instructed us. Our elders and all our people instructed us. And it includes everybody in our, in our nation. Take supplies for a long journey. Go and meet with the people of Israel and tell them, we are your servants. Please make a treaty with us. So they tried to blame the actions on others. Because remember, they're the ones there face to face with uh, Joshua and the Israelites. If anybody's going to be killed, they're going to be killed first before the Israelites attack Gibeon. So they're appealing for their own safety, but they blame their actions on the elders and the people that instructed them. You remember the old commercial where the three boys uh, are eating breakfast and something happens and they blame it on Mikey, the, the youngest one? Uh, you know, Mikey did it, Mikey did it, so the two older boys always blame it on Mikey. And how often have we pointed fingers at people and blamed them for things that maybe we had something to do with? 
but for whatever reason we're protecting ourselves our reputation our families our resources whatever it was and uh, and we have fallen into that as well uh, all of this kind of made me think about this political campaign that we're about entering into I know we just recently had some uh, uh, some primary elections here in Hawaii and um, and as we go into this political season we're going to be uh, people are going to be pulling at us to align ourselves with various positions with various political candidates and ideologies and we have to be very careful that we don't uh, let that cause division in our church family that's so important I was reading a I was listening to news this morning and they were talking about a survey that they did with uh, with college students sophomore college students and the great majority of them said that they would never marry or date anybody that had a that voted uh, differently uh, for their political candidates than they did so this is a this really touches on the nerve of who we are and and so we have to be very careful because we don't want these kinds of things uh, some truth, some deception, all of the controversy that goes on to bring division in our church family. So here's some things that we need to be careful of and remember as we go into this season. And we should remember these, by the way, all the time. Be at peace with all men. Be at peace with all men. Romans 12, 18 says, do all you can to live in peace with everyone. Do all you can to live in peace with everyone. It's so easy to fly off the handle or to retaliate or to say something when somebody does something when you're driving down the road and they stick their hand out the window. It's so easy to want to respond uh, in a way that, that would bring uh, aggravation and pain and anger. So do all that we can to live in peace with everyone. Sometimes it's going to re require us to swallow our pain or swallow our uh, pride. And so do all you can to live in peace. Take your concerns to the Lord and wait on his guidance and discernment. Take your concerns to the Lord. I know we do this oftentimes when there are really serious things happening in our life with our friends and our family. Maybe it's health issues, financial issues, whatever it may be. But the Bible doesn't say only take these things that you think are important. It says take all of your concerns to the Lord and wait on his guidance and discernment. In uh, Joshua 9:14, it says, "So the Israelites examined their food, but they did not consult the Lord." This was their big mistake here, because had they consulted the Lord, He would have reminded them of what He uh, told them earlier on that you're to uh, to kill all of these people because they are not uh, uh, people of the promised land. They are not the promised people, and they are in rebellion to the truth. Here's another thing: when the truth is revealed, stick to your convictions. Uh, John 8:32 says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. I don't know if you remember when uh, those of you that uh, have accepted the Lord, just the amazing uh, experience of learning the truth of God's word and his plan for humankind. It, it set me free in a way I can't even, it's hard for me to put into words. My fears were gone, my apprehensions were gone. I, did, I experienced a form of love that I had never experienced in my life, even with loving parents and, and family and friends. This love of God was something so powerful that it just overcame me and filled me, and it set me free from all of the anger and frustration and pain that I'd been experiencing in life at that time. Here's another one. Make room for God in your life by making Him a priority. 
make God a priority. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else, above everything, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. This is a, this is a thing that I struggle with sometimes, maybe some of you as well. I don't always give God the best time uh, to spend with him. I try to do that in the morning. Actually, before I turn on my TV, I get my coffee and I read the Bible and then my wife and I pray together. Uh, but sometimes we're rushed because things are happening. We have to be there. Maybe we slept in a little bit late and we try to fit God in rather than give him the priority. And it says to seek the kingdom of God above all else, above all else, above everything. He should be our priority. He should be the one that we make room for and that, that, uh, that we give room for and everything else should be built around our relationship with God and the time we spend with Him. Here's another one. Read your Bible every day. Psalms 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. I can't tell you how many times I was dealing with something or going through something and just reading the Word of God helped me to know where to plant my foot in the next season of my journey in the Lord. And there was almost like a light there. God would show His light and say, go this direction, go this direction, do this, do that. And it was it's always been such a, uh, a comforting uh, feeling to know that God was there for us. If I For me, as, as long as I continue to read His Word and let His Word guide my feet and to light my path. So read your Bible every day, even if it's just one scripture. But if you can read a, a chapter a day, you know, some people take the book of, um, of uh, Proverbs. There are 31 uh, Proverbs. Some people will read one a day. And so they'll have 31 days in a month or 30 or 29 days. And it's a great way to do that. But I'd encourage you to even do more than that. Start reading Old Testament, New Testament scripture, and then Proverbs. Build it into your daily devotions. Here's another one. Stay in fellowship with other believers and be accountable to each other. Let others speak into your life. Hebrews 10.25 says, And let, not, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Uh, I don't know how many of you uh, saw the video last time that, that I ministered at, at the church uh, or were there in person, but... Uh, I, I talked about this, how important it is that we don't, even though that we are still some, somewhat in an online world, uh, some people are still not coming into face-to-face -face fellowship, and there are good reasons for that. So this is no judgment. If you're watching this and you, don't, you haven't been coming to the face-to-face uh, -face services, I totally understand and can appreciate that. But please, please, please don't neglect getting together, even if it's in an online world with other people. You can do a Zoom conference with uh, your, your home group or with friends in your church and just share with them the struggles you're going through so that you can pray with one another and encourage one another. That is so important. And then get involved. Get involved. Uh, you know, uh, Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. When we are involved together in the community of the church, we rub up against each other. Now, this sometimes means that something somebody says or something you say may be offensive or maybe you, you, you're not meaning to say something or they're not meaning to say something and you take it the wrong way. And the Lord is, is, is allowing that to happen because he knows that when we do that, 
that it builds us a thicker skin. We have to have a thick skin and a tender heart. And sometimes we come into situations in that uh, involvement in the church where someone is going through a struggle and we just don't, for whatever reason, don't have any compassion for that person. And God allows that kind of thing to minister compassion in our hearts so that he can help tenderize ourselves to the concerns and issues that other people are going through. Finally, here's the final thing. If you find yourself watching or reading the news more than you read the Bible, maybe it's time to re-examine your priorities. Not judging, okay, not judging, don't mean that, but just saying. So if you find uh, yourself watching or reading the news more than you read the Bible, you may need to re-examine your priorities. It's so easy to do, I totally understand that, I get it, yeah? But it's so easy to allow that. Don't, uh, don't be drawn into the fear factor. Don't get to the point where news becomes an addiction to you, because it can be. You can go from watching ABC News to NBC News to CBS News to CBC to CNN to Newsmax to all the different uh, channels out there. Just going back and comparing or and, and, and if they're fearful stories, which so many of them are, they're feeding that fear factor in your life. So don't allow that to happen in your life. If you need to keep up on the news, read or watch just a little bit of it, but don't get hung up on those things because we know the end of the story. Jesus is coming back soon one day and he's gonna take us to be with him in eternity. He's gonna build a new Jerusalem and we're gonna return and live in an incredible uh, eternity together. So I wanna thank you for hanging in there with me and just uh, taking the time to, to listen to this message today. But let me just pray for you. Let's close our eyes. Even if you're out there and, and you're listening and you're looking, Close your eyes and let me just pray this prayer. I want to first of all say that if you have never uh, ever experienced the love of God uh, in a way that I described earlier, but, but you have this great desire, this tugging at your heart, this pulling at your heart to say, I want to know you, Jesus, then I want you to pray after me, okay? Just pray it in your heart uh, as, as I'm praying and you will come from that place of, of the muck and mire that we all live in as we before we come to the Lord and God will bring you up out of that and bring you into a new life so pray this with me father in the name of Jesus I'm so grateful that I heard this message today I'm so thankful that you're tugging at my heart and that you're moving my heart and you're drawing me to you you're wooing me to you with your love I confess my sins today I ask that you would forgive those sins Lord that you would help me to be that man or woman of God, that child of God uh, that you desire me to be and that you will be there for me in the days ahead, making yourself real to me, showing me that you love me and you care for me, healing me, caring for me, providing for me, doing all those things that, that I see so many uh, incredible things happening in the lives of my Christian friends. Help me to live that life as well. The, help me to uh, live in abundance in you, Lord. And I thank you for this. And if you're one of these people out there that maybe you've drifted away, you've allowed yourself to, to get caught up in the news and the world around you and the fears around you, let's pray this together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, that, uh, that, you, that I am a part of your kingdom and that I am a child of God, that you love me and that you care for me and you desire me to walk in victory in my life. Help me to be strong, Lord. Draw me back to that place where I need to be with you. I just thank you. Uh, for your love and your care and concern for me. We pray these things in Jesus' name. So again, thank you for being here with me today. I so appreciate you taking the time. And again, 
get into church, get into fellowship, stay connected. That is so important. And be very careful of the season that we're coming into. Discern the things of deception against the things of truth. Aloha.